Well, thank you guys. Thank our choir and thank our praise team and thank all of you for being here this morning. Uh, Terry Wilburn's not able to be here. He's out of town today and so he uh, will be back this afternoon. But uh, thank our praise team for leading our, our service. If you brought your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses uh, 17 through 21. The title of my sermon this morning is The Transforming Work of Christ. The Transforming Work of Christ. Familiar passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 uh, through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not in putting their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this time that we had to worship You and now to open Your Word. I pray Your Holy Spirit will be our teacher and our guide this morning. And I pray, Father, for every person that's here. I pray, Lord, for the spiritual needs that every person has for those who are lost without Christ. I pray that you would soften their heart and open the eyes and their mind that they can see their lost condition. And I pray, Lord, for believers that are here, for whatever reason, perhaps, have walked away from you to some degree. And I pray, Lord, this morning that your spirit will convict of that, that people would evaluate their, their condition this morning and their relationship with you. And, and during an invitation hymn, that they would be willing to step out for Jesus' sake, receive you, receive that free gift of eternal life that you offer to everyone who trusts in your dear Son, who reconciles us with you. And for those who have walked away, that they would see, Father, that they've departed. It's not as much activity as it is a heart shift from you. Their heart has shifted. And I pray this will be the day their heart will shift back to you. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. Just use me this morning, I pray, in some way as I share your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is a statement that lies in context in what God has done for us in Christ. The moment that a person gets saved, and I like to use the word saved, and I like to use the word lost, because the Bible says there are only two types of people in the world. They're saved and they're lost. And we don't need to sugarcoat that in any way because eternity depends upon whether you're saved or lost, where you'll, where you'll spend eternity, where you'll exist in eternity. And so never be embarrassed about using the word saved or lost. But the moment that a person gets saved, the Bible teaches us that a reconciliation takes place between God and man, meaning that there's a change in the relationship between God and that person. There's a change in relationship from hostility to love of God. If you're a believer this morning, when you got saved, God, God reconciled with you where suddenly where you had you were an enemy of God, all of a sudden you begin to love God and the things of God. There's a relationship change from hostility to love, from hostility to acceptance, from hostility to friendship. It's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's what a friend we have in Jesus. And so when you got saved, there's a reconciliation that took place between you and God. If there has not been a reconciliation, then you never were saved. Now, before a person is saved, he or she is an enemy of God. You have to understand that. An enemy of God, a person that hates God, a person that is hostile to God, a person that rejects God. If you reject Jesus Christ, you, there's no way you can say, I love Jesus or I love God. No, you hate God. You reject God to the point that you deny God. And so a person in that condition has no peace with God. They have no peace with God. However, when a person says that relationship is changed from that of an enemy of God to a friend of God. Now, dear person, this morning, reconciliation with God is, is every person's need. God doesn't just single out a few, but God says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So at one time, every person is an enemy of God until you become a friend of God. And how do you do that? I'll speak of that a little more in a moment. You're reconciled with him. And you're reconciled with him through Jesus Christ. So the root of the problem is that we're all esteemed, or we're all um, estranged from God. A person without Christ is not one with God. Now, at a funeral from time to time, many times, I've heard people say this. I said, was that person a believer? They'll say this. They'll say, he made it right with God. What does that mean? 
I'll tell you what, it, there's only th one thing that it can be. One thing that it can mean is that he made it right with God. He's, they say he made it right with God before he died or before she died. How do you do that? Well, what that really means, what it should mean, is that you reconciled with God, you made friends with God through Jesus Christ. You're reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Can't bypass Jesus Christ. It's only through Christ that you're made friends with God. So it's very important what you do with Jesus Christ. So today, if you're not at peace with God, you cannot be at peace with yourself, and you can't be at peace with other people. Because of your sins, they have separated you from God, and you're an enemy of God. And so today, without Christ, there's a, there's a great chasm. There's a great chasm between you and God, a wide space between you and God. But in Christ, God has bridged that gap between you and God. He bridged that gap from us to Him. Now you remember Luke 16, uh, the rich man cried for uh, Abraham to send Lazarus to dip water in his tongue and touch it to his lips. And, and uh, Abraham said, can't do that. There's a, there's a large space. There's a, there's a gap between us and you. Well, you have that after death, total separation from God. But you have it prior to death because you're an enemy of God and there's a separation there. So here's the point. God stepped in to heal that that estranged relationship, and to reconcile us to himself. And he did that through Jesus Christ. You'll never be reconciled with God apart from receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Look, if you will, at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter six, and uh, we want to look at verse um, verse nine, and we're going to read through verse eleven. May not have that on the list, but first verse nine through may not have verse eleven on the list. But but listen, Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth, to the church. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Y'all know that? That's what it says. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11. And such were some of you. Speaking to the church. And such were some of you. But you were washed and you were sanctified. But you were justified, made righteous. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. What about that? They were made right. They were reconciled with God. Now I want you to notice something. The church at Corinth. 
you to notice this. The church at Corinth, the church was made up of the worst of the worst. There they were in verse 10 and 11. The worst of the worst. The point is no person is too bad. No person has messed up too much. No person is an outcast too far away that God cannot redeem that person and reconcile that person to himself through Jesus Christ. You know, church is the only place you have to admit that you're, that you're bad before you can be a part of it. We're sinners by nature. Every kind. Every kind. Lying is just as Bad as murder. The same verse that says no murderers have been in heaven says no liars have been in no, no liars have been in heaven. So the church at Corinth was made up of the worst of the worst. No person's too bad here today, too messed up here today. Been an outcast for so long that God cannot redeem and reconcile that person. God's grace is greater. What's the song say? than all of our sins. Note this. From the gutters of Corinth, the whoremongers, the adulterers, the fornicators, the homosexuals, from those and, and many more, he called out ones for the church. They formed the church. So first of all, if you're taking notes, God's transforming power has broad applications, if any man. 1 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man, mankind, woman, generic, if any man be in Christ. Now, he didn't say if anyone be at the church or if anyone be in the church. Church is not bad. I'll talk about that next week. How, are you in the body of Christ? How do you get in the body of Christ? If any man be in Christ. He didn't say if any man be in the church. He didn't say if any man be in the baptistry. He didn't say. He just said if any man be in Christ. He didn't say if any man be in leadership. If a man was a deacon. If a man was an elder. If a man was a steward. If he was a bishop. A preacher. But if any man be in Christ, in Christ. You know, that's one of Paul's favorite expressions. It's used 130 times in the New Testament epistles. And the concept was first taught by the Lord himself in John 15, 5. We memorize that in experiencing God. Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abides in me. Any man be in Christ. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So being in Christ means more than being encircled by Christ. You know, uh, uh, you step out of a circle. You draw a circle around yourself, you can step out of that circle. But to be in Christ, you can't step out of Christ. Because Christ ensphers you, puts a sphere around you. You can't step out of Christ. If any man be in Christ, 
not encircled by Christ. A person can step out of that circle. However, a person cannot step out of a sphere. So when, let me give you an illustration. When Noah and his family stepped into the ark, they were ensphered by the ark. Meaning that they were separated from a godless world outside that ark. Meaning they were supplied inside that ark with all the needs that they needed meaning that they were secure from the judgment that was falling on the outside of that ark, that world out there, judgment that overtook that outside world. And so they went through the judgment, but it fell on the ark. Not one drop of judgment fell upon them. They were in the sphere of that ark. They remained in that ark until they landed in a, a post-judgment world. That's where we're going to land one day. We're going to be in heaven one day. It's a dawn of a new day. So the point is, all that is meant for Noah and his family, all that that was meant for Noah and his family to be in the ark is what it means to you and for me to be in Christ. Safe from judgment, all of our supplies that we need provided for us. Inheriting a new earth one day. Going to heaven to be with the Lord one day. Safe in the ark of God. So let me ask you this. Are, are you in Christ today? Are you, are you in Christ today? And so... You, you have that first point, God's transforming power has brought application, if any man, and then point two, the transforming work of God has strict limitations. Be in Christ. If a man be in Christ, notice he's a new creature. New creature, someone has said that Socialism may put a new suit on a man, but God will put a new man in a suit. Changes us. One new believer said it this way, I feel like a new man in an old body. I mean, it changes you. When a person gives their, gives their life to Christ and receives that gift of eternal life, old things are passed away and all things become new. For in Christ, the very life that Jesus lived is available to you and to me. Not only, listen, not only did he give his life a ransom for us, but he gives life to us. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you have the transforming work of Christ, broad application, if any man, if any person, you have the, trans the transforming work of God that has strict limitation, if any man be in Christ. And then third, you have the transforming work of the grand implications. He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So what ways am I a new person? When I get saved, what ways am I a new person? I look the same. I tell people after they're saved, I say, well, if you die tonight, where would you go? They say, I'll go to heaven. 
I said, have you been born again? Yes, I have. I've been born again. Well, you look the same. You look the same on the outside. But it's not about outward appearance. It's about what happens on the inside. If you're saved, something happens on the inside. There's an inward change. You still live in the same place. You're still married. If you're married, you're still single. If you're single, you still have the same job. You have the same struggles in life. You same, have the same problems. So the question is, what's different? It's the interchange that's different. You have new thoughts. You have new desires. You have new strengths. You have new values. You have new hope. Something changes on the inside. Looks the same on the outside, but there's an there's there's not an outward change, and, and sometimes they are. Sometimes there, there is an outward change. Because when Christ changes our heart, He changes our behavior. And so there is a change on the inside that affects the outside because our values change and our behaviors change. You're still acting like your old self. Check your salvation. It, you should have changed. So you have the same skin, but there's a new person inside of it. But notice Paul ends with an invitation. I'm closing with the invitation. <laughs> Look, if you will, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, just a book over. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. We read through 21, but look at verse 20. Now then, we're ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. Now, we're ambassadors. What's an ambassador? It's a representative of a country. What do they do? They represent the United States. They go to another country. And what do they do? They plead on behalf of the other country, uh, for the United States to that country. They're pleading for us to another country. And he says, look at that in verse 20. Now then, we're ambassadors for Christ as Though God were pleading through us, we implore you, it's God pleading through me to you, be reconciled with God. Now, did I say that? No. God's saying that through me, pleading as an ambassador from Him to you, you need to be reconciled with me, God. That's the invitation. Have you been reconciled with God? Have you? That's Christ's desire for you is to be reconciled with Him because until you do, you're an enemy of God. And He wants you to be at peace with Him. Man, I can remember before I got saved as 12 years old, I'd lay down at night and I was afraid. I, I'd prayed the prayer. You know the prayer? I prayed the prayer that I, Lord, lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I shall die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. But, you know, those are just, that's just a memorized prayer. Until I trusted Jesus Christ, received him to my life, the Lord said this, the Lord says, Many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. First John 1, I mean John 1, verse 12. 
And I can remember as 11 years old walking down the aisle. Didn't know one thing. All I knew, I didn't want to go to hell when I died. And I told the preacher, I don't want to go to hell when I die. I want to get saved. And as an 11-year-old boy knew how, I was saved at 11 years old. God's desire for you is to be reconciled. He wants you to have peace with him. If you're not reconciled with God, I would, I would, I'd be afraid to close my eyes tonight without knowing I'd go to heaven if I didn't open them. I'd open them in heaven. Close my eyes here, open them in heaven. He wants you to be at peace with him. He wants you to have a relationship. He wants a relationship between you and him. He wants you to change from hostility toward him to love toward him. You say, well, I don't hate God. I, yes, you do. If you're not reconciled with God, you're an enemy of God. He's put enmity between you and him. And he wants you to change from hostility to love, from acceptance to friendship. He wants you to be reconciled with him. So the transforming work of Christ, as we close, there's a broad application, if anyone, that includes all of you, if anyone, there's strict limitations, be in Christ. Be in Christ. That sphere of God, that happens when you trust Him to be your Lord and Savior. You're placed in that sphere. never can come out of it. It's in a sphere. You're in Christ. You're in Him. And then there's great implications. You're a new creature. Mama will see a difference in you. Your spouse will see a difference in you. Your children will see a difference in you. Your employers, your co-workers, they'll say, he's just not right. I remember when he used to do this and this and said this and this. Something's happened to him. Yeah, it's happened to him. Has it happened to you? Has it happened to you? I pray today if it hasn't that it will. And for whatever reason, if you walked away from the one that loves you the most, that you'll walk back to him today. Let's have a prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the freedom to preach. I thank you for the hearts that are here to hear it. I don't know where other people are, God, but I know these people are here. Sometimes we get so excited so tore up about people not being here we forget about the ones that are here and the ones that are here today you spoke to and i pray that at the close of this this uh, message and the invitation is given please help them understand it's not my invitation i'm not calling out to people to be reconciled to me but i'm calling out to people as an ambassador of yours for them to be reconciled made peace with you, O oh God. And I pray they'll come to be reconciled. And God, I pray at this time for those who have walked away as a believer, not as close as they should be, may they evaluate their life and come back to you today. Other decisions, God, I, I don't know what they are, but it may be to unite with this church family. I don't know but speak to their hearts. If not, you may be calling someone into, into ministry as a missionary, as a preacher. I don't know. You know your will for our lives. 
but I pray that they would respond to the Holy Spirit of God that's working in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.